You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What if Sirius Black was never sent to Azkaban? Yeah, we're doing another Harry Potter episode and we're doing another What If episode. And you guys voted for this once a month on Priest of the Geeks, the Facebook page that we have. We let you guys poll and vote of what what if episode you want us to do the next month. And this month you voted for what if Sirius Black never went to Ask a Man. So we're really excited to talk about this, answer your questions, all that kind of stuff. This is Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest to the Geeks. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Noel. I'm also a co-host of the Whole Church Podcast. And lately I've been I got behind on Marvel's Wastelanders, which is like a podcast that's like in the future of Marvel and uh, Dr. Doom and all these people took over the world. And it's just kind of here's the old versions of our heroes. How do they survive and make the world back to normal? That kind of stuff. Very interesting future timeline. Josh, uh, what you been geeking out on lately? All right. Well, lately I have been geeking out on a new card or a new expansion for a card game that I got that came in today. I got a bunch of expansions for Unstable Unicorn. That's actually a really fun game. Yes, it is. And I thought it sounded ridiculous first time I played it. And uh, it was, but in a good way. In a good way. That's about Um, about the size of it. Yeah. Uh, For our listeners who maybe this is their first time listening, uh, yes, we're both Josh. The way we distinguish is I am the Josh with the good opinions. He is the Josh with the bad opinions. Hey, wait a minute. That's not how I remember (laughs) (laughs) You know... That was actually just a just a slip. I'm the Josh with the bad opinions. He's the Josh with the good opinions. There we go. Together, we are the Josh I, <laughs> and we are joined <laughs> by just one of my favorite people to talk to, especially with the what if stuff, because he always comes up with something that I've never thought of. The one and only Reverend Kino Kennedy. How's it going, man? What you been geeking out on? <laughs> so, listening to Josh, I was like, wait, what am I geeking out on? I I, I realized what it is. I have a I've secured a PS5 for my son nice. for Christmas. Man, where's mine? Uh, listen, it, it, <laughs> I had I had 24 hours to buy this. Okay, oh, <laughs> hey, feel free to my way. Listen, so 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 my my problem is that I want to play it so bad because oh. I have it now and it's in the house. They don't know where it is and they don't pay attention to anything. So I can literally play the thing. They'll never know. <laughs> And it'd be like it's on Christmas morning and nothing oh, is man. brand new. Yeah, that's tempting. Very tempting. So I'm I'm it's every week I'm struggling. Every week I'm struggling. Oh, now, if Dead Space, the new Dead Space had already come out, I probably would have just had to bring it over there and I provided a stumbling block for you. <laughs> I uh for those who don't know, Dead Space is one of my all time favorite games. It's like uh space zombie attack kind of deal they're not zombies but that's the best way i know how to describe it to you guys and um, they're remaking a new version in january uh one of our other co-hosts tj and i both plan on making a trip to raleigh where one of our other friends are and just spending a whole weekend just playing that when it comes out because it's uh it's a big deal for me fun game yeah all right guys well that being said Let's jump into the, the the bombastic craziness of the what if universe that we keep making. You know, we've discussed before what if Sirius not Sirius Act, what if Snape raised Harry Potter? And we talked a lot about the difference it would make if Harry had grown up loved as opposed to grown up where he was kind of treated as a reject. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you kind of just trace back some of what we said with that or some of your thoughts on that part of it all? Yeah, so so one of the things that I said 
was that he would have the ability to understand his his one of the things we, we discussed was Harry being famous, but I think he would still have been humble because he was, he would have been with Snape. Snape would have kept him in at the, uh, at the school Hogwarts. And he would have, he would have also been, um, I think he'd been a part of Slytherin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's all I remember, Josh, you put me on the spot. I was ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I agreed with that. And I remember just saying like, the confidence he would have had, and I think it really would have helped him defeat Voldemort quicker. You know, he would have been nurtured. He would have been at Hogwarts. He would have just been a different character. He would have been less whiny and less annoying. That was one of the big things I harped on. Because uh, the, the biggest flaw in the Harry Potter books for me in the movies is the character Harry Potter. He's incredibly whiny. He gets on my nerves. <laughs> and I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to be whiny. I'm saying that he is whiny. Yeah. It's like yeah. most of the Star Wars protagonists. You love them, but they're yeah, so whiny. I don't like Luke either. <laughs> yeah, Luke is the whiniest person. It just, I just never understood it. Wow, Josh, yes. the Josh with the good opinions. What, yes. is, what is? What are your opinions on just, just going back to the basic? What would Harry Potter have been like if he had grown up loved? Focusing on that part first. Grown up. I mean, I'm not sure that if being raised by Snake, he would have. Uh, but that's a different discussion. If he had just grown up love, though, I, like, I, I do think you're right in a lot of ways. I think he would have been more more self-confident. Uh, hopefully he would not have gotten into, you know, where everyone kind of expected him to be with his being the boy who lived, mm-hmm. very, like, an egotist. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it depends. Yeah, I am. Um, one, one of the big things, too, that, that Kino said last time, he, he brought to, to mind how much... In, in the regular movies, the way that it, it is, not the what-if scenario, but the way it is, a lot of the books, a lot of Harry's story is him working through his trauma, working through his pain, working through how he grew up. And if he didn't have that, it's he had to work through that first before he could do the work of defeating Voldemort, right? If he didn't have that obstacle, it, it's like he, he's set two or three steps ahead. And um, which is why we talked a lot about um, foster parents and adoption and how important that kind of stuff is in, in real life. Because, yeah, growing up without love, growing up in pain, you know, you got a couple more steps you got to make to to really reach some of that full att- potential because love is such a key ingredient to just humanity. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on a hero's journey level. Yeah, that and that's that's the other thing, like, like it, it, the adversity – is what makes the hero the hero. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if if the hero, if Harry was loved, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but he would have been a different protagonist altogether. Um, he might not have the same oomph to prove himself because he wouldn't have to. Oh, that's true. I didn't even thought about that, that part of the, the whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, I think he gained a lot of kind of strength of will from his, his uh, misfortune. The pain. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of why Dumbledore left him there instead of leaving him with one of the other wizards to watch over him. I wonder if it, Dumbledore kind of knew that he, he needed to kind of grow up a little edged so that he, he'd have that drive. It's, it's he, possible. Yeah. If he was raised by a wizard, he probably would end up, like, unless it was certain wizards, he probably would have ended up very egotistical. I am the boy who lives. Well, I would not to go go against you well no i agree with you josh because going into our topic i believe that's what harry would have been if he was raised with his his godfather serious 
Yeah. I I think he would have been he would have been uh, Malfoy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he would have had the same type of personality as Malfoy. Yeah. Now I do think one of the big differences. Get though. This is actually getting back to our actual question. So if Sirius Black had not gone to Azkaban, he would have raised Harry Potter because he's his godfather. And, and yeah, I mean, I think the big difference between Harry and Malfoy might have only come down to I don't think Sirius Black would have allowed Harry to hold on to these beliefs about mudbloods and pure bloods and all of that kind of stuff like Malfoy had. I don't think Sirius Black would allow that. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, the, the the I'm not talking about the – But just – just like personality, just, just like person. arrogance. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because again, he he is the boy who lived. He's the famous child who who defeated who not well who defeated Voldemort, who survived, and now he is he is in the in the wizard world. He's not outside the world, so he's not being hidden. He's not being sheltered. He's not being any of that stuff. He's he's a part of that world now. He's so he's famous. Yeah, true. Drop and the mic. And Sirius isn't exactly. Uh, <laughs> the humblest of, of people in the series either. He is not. He 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 has some pride in himself as well. Sirius is so cool though. I love him. <laughs> oh he is. I uh yeah th- that that is one thing that would happen in this what if scenario. Um for me, the best movies in Harry Potter or and books of you know the seven or eight movies, but seven books. Uh three and four man. Three and four are the best. I love once Sirius Black shows up on the scene, once you have the Goblet of Fire, you know, yep. it's before you get to where it's too dark, so it's still kind of like fun, but it still has these edgier characters and more interesting, you know, with him. And uh, is it is Lupus the other one that I'm thinking of? The, the werewolf? Lupin. Lupin. Yeah. Lupin's cool. Just super cool. Yep. But yeah, Sirius Black, I actually, somewhere in this house, I have Sirius Black's wand. Oh. Yeah, I have Sirius Black's and then I have Voldemort's wand. <laughs> it's funny. I have Snape's wand sitting above yeah. me. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever you go to um, Wizarding, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you go to um, Ollivanders. They actually just hand you a bunch of wands and let you see what feels more correct. And I'm like, no, I want Sirius's. So you know, I end up getting Sirius's. But I also was like, yeah. unfortunately, man, Voldemort's wand just just felt better in my hand. You know, <laughs> like, oh, it chose me. Wizard. It chose me. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, you know, here, here, getting outside of the how Harry would be different and actually thinking of just the overall story. Here is one thing with this what if it's scenario I was thinking of. I want to see what you guys thought. If Sirius Black had not gone to Azkaban, I'm thinking of the crime he was accused of, which was actually something uh, Peter Pettigrew did, right? Mm-hmm. Which means I'm assuming if he's not in prison, then Peter Pettigrew would be in Azkaban. It's a decent chance, yeah. Which would make Voldemort's whole plan significantly harder. And it also means that, that that Ron might have a better pet than a rat. I don't. <laughs> maybe he has a new. So, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a newt or or a frog. Uh, I, I would hope he had a frog. Ron seems like a frog guy to me. He does. He does seem like a frog guy. That that rat didn't go right with him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it still it still kills me that his brothers had this map. <laughs> and we're just looking like. This Peter Pettigrew keeps getting in the same room with my brother every day. Just don't think about it at all. Don't think about it at all. That's so much they appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so how do you think, uh, going with this what if, how do you think if Peter Pettigrew was in Azkaban, Voldemort still comes back, right? Like, does it take him longer or is he able to come back at all? So I I think that Voldemort's plan would have still happened. But 
it would have—I don't know if it would have taken longer. But the the sad thing is, is that if 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 it wasn't Peter, it would have been somebody else. And yeah. and I'm trying to think in my head who would that have been, but I I don't know because I'm not that verse in Wizard World as I used to be. Um, I mean, but I somebody can't, I can't somebody, think of anybody. Maybe Lucius. Like it's, it's hard to find an actually named character who is as devoted as Peter was. Yeah. But, yeah, but 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 the, I I I would think that that somebody would have stepped up to that to that position as well. Yeah, I think just because of the way stories and stuff go that they would have, but it does kind of just make me think about well the nature of good and evil both in Harry Potter and in real life. I think in Harry Potter, both sides require people acting on the things right. If you don't have these people playing the parts for Voldemort, Voldemort can't win on his own. He's actually just not powerful enough. He's super powerful, but he does need these people to to play into his plan or else Voldemort can't win. So people have to be willing to buy into darkness for that to happen. And on the other side, if you don't have these people of Hogwarts, if you don't have Harry, Ron, Jin, all these people who are willing to play the part of the light, the good guys, Voldemort would have just conquered everything. So both sides kind of good and evil require human actors in Harry Potter. And and this is actually just a fun question for for me to throw to our our, our favorite reverend. <laughs> you know, in real life, I, I do believe in order for any evil to be enacted, that the demons and stuff are kind of relying on humans to buy into their own wickedness. But God doesn't need us, right? Or does he? Does he need human actors? Or would God I mean God's still gonna win either way, right? Yeah, no. So God does. God does not need us. Um, God can do whatever God wants to do outside of us. Um, however, it is it is those who are believers. It is our willingness to be used by God that we become His actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no. It, but but if if you take that same concept into the wizard world, it can be applied to Voldemort or to Dumbledore. If 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 on the on the dark side you're willing to follow behind Voldemort, then you'll do whatever it is is necessary. Like you believe that this is necessary. You believe that this is a part of the process. You believe this is what has to happen. So guess what? You'll cut your right hand off so he can uh resurrect his body or whatever. You know? Yeah. Um but it's it is it is the belief in something greater than yourself. But to say that that God needs God does not need anything. God God is sustainable God's self. Yeah. Now, I'm curious what you guys think of Sirius. Unfortunately, because he was in Azkaban, I feel like we didn't get a ton of time with Sirius in it. But uh, I'm, I'm sorry, this is still relevant to what we we're talking about. I Peter Pettigrew, you know, in my assumption, we're kind of doing a, you know, if he's not there, then Peter's in Azkaban. That, that's kind of just what I'm working with. Peter Pettigrew was so devoted to Voldemort. You know, he's willing to do all these things. And it might seem crazy to some people, but look at hero worship in America today what people are willing to do for their political leader that they really believe in or what they're willing to do for sports or this other, you know, random political stuff they believe in. And people do crazy stuff. And it's not always crazy people who are doing this stuff. It's people who've bought into a hero and put their allegiances in with them. Right. So Peter Pettigrew's story with Voldemort just isn't that unbelievable. It's totally what someone would do if they really believed and treated Voldemort as a hero like that. I don't think Sirius Black thought of Dumbledore or anyone as a hero. I feel like he was just kind of anti-bad guys, like more than he was good guy. He's like, I'm just anti-bad. <laughs> but I don't know. What do y'all think? Who Who is Sirius Black? 
like as far as like his allegiances is he just anti-bad or is he like good so it it is funny enough if if you are not a part of the program in the wizard world then you automatically are bad like if you don't follow the rules Mm. then you're bad not and i'm not saying the rules shouldn't be followed but but i'm just i'm just pushing a little bit yeah okay uh, only because only because Sirius is is not really a hero, but he doesn't he doesn't just fight just for what's good. He fights for a principle in of itself that if evil is out, then we have to fight against this evil. Uh, take on that just cause to eradicate this which is coming up against us. But I promise you, if if Voldemort wasn't around, then there would be no issue. Yeah, you know. I'm I'm thinking of it, and if I had to come up with why Sirius Black is fighting, it, it almost seems as though he fights because of his love both for Lily and James Potter, like as a couple. Like he loved both of them, I think. So he's fighting for them and for Harry more than anything. It really seems like his love for this family. Yeah, I was gonna say which is I weird, just, right? His loved ones is that that's why he fights. Just his loved ones generally. His his friends, you know, even if he ends up fighting Peter eventually. But <laughs> the other Marauders yeah. and you know Harry eventually. Yeah, I mean, do we know anything about his family? Is he just like <laughs> just decided he attached himself to the Potters and the Marauders, and he's like, I like Sirius these guys. Black? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he's uh, he's related to Beltrix. He is his first cousin. They're cousins. Oh yeah, I knew that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, in Order of the Phoenix, they do go into a lot of their family tree um, with the with the Black House. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that explains it. That's my least favorite one. I don't, <laughs> I don't revisit that that often. <laughs> okay, so but 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 but, but, but go on, go on, Josh. Go on, Josh. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, his 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 entire family, except for him, tends to be a lot more like Bellatrix. They were, if I remember right, they were pretty mm-hmm. much Voldemort loyalists and mm-hmm. very purity of blood kind of people and so that's Sirius why he's black. estranged from them because he was like nah no, i'm good I'm not doing that so, so wait wait hold on wait 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 wait. so i have to I have to jump in real quick so i, I looked up <laughs> serious personality type and oh, uh, and he is uh if you if you know the myers briggs is introvert yeah. the 16 the four different characters he is the esp he i'm sorry estp and one of the things I'm sitting here looking at this website, it's like the opposite of me. Yes, totally, yeah. totally. Like, and so, and so he it says that uh, he has a drive to succeed, and he gets bored easily, and he always loves a challenge. So, okay. if you go with what Josh said, Josh the Greater just said, <laughs> <laughs> then then knowing that that he was always going to be the quote unquote black sheep of the family because he was going to go be counterculture anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, that that brings up you know a, another whole layer to this whole uh, nurture versus nature kind of thing. Like, if his family would have been good guys, would he ended up being bad just to be counter? Yes. <laughs> yes, according to his personality, because because that would have been boring to him. That's funny. And, and then I, I also wonder, like, so was his story one of those where he chose, like, he chose his chosen family over his blood family kind of thing? Like, is that because I feel like that's something a lot of people can relate to? Yes. Yeah. Definitely seems like it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he's he's fighting a because you know he's he's counterculture, so he's going against his family, and he's also aligned himself to the Potter family. How much of this like rubs off on Harry? You know, if he's raising Harry Potter, how much of this like personality type? How much of this allegiance and you know 
weird family struggle. How much of that gets passed down? All of it. All of it. Only mm-hmm. because that is the only male figure that's close to him, that's close to his own father, that that's considered his family. Yeah. So he would want, he would want, in my opinion, he would want to emulate his godfather in some way. Yeah. And you know, that's something that a huge difference between when we did this, what if of Snape is that, um, I don't think Snape would have told Harry a ton about his father, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but Sirius Black, you know, if he's raised with, by Sirius Black, I feel like Harry knows a lot more of his parents. He's a lot more familiar with who they are in the scenario. Yeah, he has to be. He has to be. What kind of effect does that have on somebody growing up? You know, as the story we have now, he grows up not really knowing his parents at all, anything about them. But in this story with Sirius Black, he grows up knowing a ton about them. What impact does that have on who he is as a person? It depends on it depend it depends on his choice on what he does with the story about his parents. He can either feel like he was abandoned and um, even though that they were killed, he can still feel abandoned and they weren't there for him. Or he can be inspired in saying he can see the sacrifice that he did and then want to honor their memory. So it, it all depends on how he looks how he how he chooses to apply his energy to the story that he attaches himself to. And I know this seems weird, but but what I'm saying yeah. is it's it's about his perspective on it. So so if 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 he serious didn't go to ask a man and Harry was still raised by his aunt, Harry would still be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Harry still be pissed. But but if 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 Harry is raised with Sirius because he didn't go to Azkaban, then Harry might still be pissed, but not as not as angry, though. Yeah, okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Also, on a, on a total backtrack side note, as to, with Sirius's family life, so his, Beatrix is his cousin, as we know. Yes. But mm-hmm. uh, Beatrix had two sisters, Narcissa, who becomes Narcissa Malfoy, so oh. also first cousins, and Andromeda, who, who marries Ted Tonks and has... The, has uh, Nymphadora Tonks, the Tonks we all know, or from like from the series. Fascinating. Okay. Oh, crazy. So that is his. What a his, family. His, uh, <laughs> his like second cousin, I guess Tonks is. Yes. What a family. Yeah. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're related to everybody. If you look at his family tree, it's 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 quite something. Huh. Which really opens up connections that Harry would have had too. Then. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, at, before Voldemort's on the scene, the Malfoys aren't bad guys. They're just jerks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he probably would have grown up knowing. Uh, yeah. He might have even been Malfoy. friend with Malfoy. Oh, that's weird. I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I told you, you all disagree with like what that. I said earlier, that he would be like Malfoy. Y'all disagree. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably be childhood oh, friends with, with Draco. They would have been like best buds. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> oh man! So, man, what well, what are we missing, Josh? What are we missing? What what else? If Sirius doesn't go to Azkaban, you know, we we say maybe Peter Pettigrew went instead. Uh, you know, he Sirius probably raises Harry. What what else is there? What else happens differently? So I wonder what becomes of and in the Order of the Phoenix. So the Order of the Phoenix probably wouldn't have. Exist still wouldn't have existed even with Sirius still around. Like it probably would have been still kind of disbanded because oh hey look the threat's over. But I feel yeah. like everyone who is still a member of it would have still kind of been friends and still hung out maybe maybe at the Black House that Sirius inherited. Um, and I def I definitely wonder if 
Sirius's uh, end would have been the same. So, true. If we, as we remember, uh, he ends up after Voldemort has come back in Order of the Phoenix, I think, or five. He's he's fighting, I think, in the Ministry somewhere, uh, mm-hmm. and he and he gets hit with a some sort of knockback curse by Bellatrix, and she knocks him into this veil. And it's like, oh, by the way, that was the veil between life and death. He's dead now. It's <laughs> like, okay. I <laughs> Very killed Sirius Black. I killed Sirius Black. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, interesting. Interesting. And, and you know, that's um, that's another thing that I, I'm really interested by that you kind of touched on there. The Order of the Phoenix. It just has me thinking, I wonder if less stuff would have been happening in the shadows, you know, Sirius had to like sneak information to Harry and, you know, the order was like, you know, super on the DL. But if Sirius was never accused of a crime he didn't commit, would a lot of the stuff been more out in the open? And would that have actually been worse for them? You know what I mean? Like if they weren't moving more secretively, would Voldemort have been more aware of what they were doing and been able to stop it? Possible. They were just acting like a, like a homeowner's association. They just all everyone knows about you. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're all just chilling. <laughs> yeah, Sirius just walks up into the school and goes, "Oh, by the way, Harry, I, I think Voldemort's doing." <laughs> you know, like he just but, sends him, but, a, just sends him a, a raven. Yeah, yeah. Then there would be no order of the Phoenix. That everything would be out in the open because Harry is in the Wizard World. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm saying. And if it's in the open, does that make it easier for Voldemort to catch them all? You know? No, I don't think so. No. No, because he still had to, he still had to work towards getting all the stuff he needed to regain his power or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Voldemort still had to go through the shadows. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. man. So and without yeah, without Kino. Peter there to cut his arm off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who else is going to do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Kino, same question to you. What else are we missing? So we got Order of the Phoenix. Wouldn't really be think people would be out in the open. We got uh, Peter Pettigrew and Azkaban instead. Uh, Harry's being raised by Sirius, so Harry's being raised loved. What else is different? I don't think uh, I don't think Dumbledore dies. Oh, I do, I elaborate. Do not, I don't think. Oh, oh, okay, so 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 in order for this all to work, like we we are again under the impression that my my thinking is that Harry is with his godfather. Period. Mm-hmm. That is that 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 is his origin story, and so and so if that is the case, then the Order of the Phoenix really doesn't have to happen for real. And again, Dumbledore does not have to die only because Snape does not have to kill him because Voldemort's out in the open, and Harry Potter does not have to uh, have to fight uh, uh, Voldemort. It's Harry and Dumbledore that's fighting because Sirius has helped him to understand this is what has to happen. Oh man! So then. Is Snape? Yeah. Do we not see Snape as a bad guy for most of the books? Because you know, like when you first go through it, you think Snape might actually be working for the bad guys the whole time till near the end. But if everything's in the open, does that not happen? Do we just know from the beginning Snape's no, we, good? We still don't know. We still don't know only because no. he's the, he's the inside man. Okay, so he still has to be the inside man. Well, yeah. and also because he he and Sirius still aren't gonna be close friends by any means. No. Like no. I think I think they depict him. As kind of, as kind of the annoying annoying guy you knew in high school for for serious yeah just he keeps yeah. showing up and just being like oh you're you're serious as a boy with the potters and just kind of stalks yeah. away yeah I mean I could even see serious kind of telling Harry like this dude tried to steal your mom from your dad you know you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of, this also this that. dude 
<laughs> yeah, this dude was, was completely obsessed with your mother and probably should be just watched. Yeah, he's a little creepy, actually, Harry. I don't, I don't know about it. He, he used to be a... What, what was it? Parcel tongue? He used to be... Watch out for that guy. <laughs> it's not parcel tongue. What is it? What is it? Death Eater. Death Eater. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> parcel tongue's when you can talk to snakes, right? Correct. Does anybody, like, other than Voldemort and Harry, who else has that ability? Anybody? Um... Salazar yeah. Slytherin was known to be a parcel tongue. That makes sense. It's how they it's got the super common. there in the first place. You know, Voldemort okay. is like the heir of Salazar Slytherin. It's one of his bullshit. Yeah. No. I just today learned that Josh is a much bigger Harry Potter geek than Kino and I. <laughs> <laughs> Kino and I are like, we kind man, of remember this. Man, I used to talk be. about it. And Josh is like, well, if you turn to page 31. <laughs> <laughs> no, never been that good. But I, I used to be really, really into Harry Potter. That was one of my major things when I was younger. Uh, at this point, uh, you know, I've calmed down and moved on to more like sci-fi stuff. But and high fantasy. Yeah. But I still I still got some of it up here, man. OK, so here, here's a big question. This is backtracking a little bit. And this I think this will be a good one to, to kind of maybe get to the wrap up after this. We talked about there's a good chance Potter would have been best buds with Malfoy. If that's the scenario that happens, when Voldemort comes back and the Malfoys are chosen to be evil, all of this, how does Harry make the decision with all these people who might have been, you know, he would have known as his family, his friends. How does he make the decision to still fight for good, still sacrifice himself to defeat them? See, I want to, I want to throw a wrench into that. I th I think there's a decent chance that uh, like assuming you know that played out as we had thought it would that harry has actually rubbed off on draco more than the other way around because harry's more kind of self-assured with him with himself and all as we were talking about with like being loved by Sirius and everything and harry actually keeps draco from from becoming a death eater okay then draco might have been a good guy yeah okay oh, and draco ends up in, in the good crew and his and he he gets he gets disowned by his family just like Sirius did and he goes to live with now I'm, now I'm sitting here trying to imagine <laughs> Draco Potter <laughs> Hermione and Ron hanging out that doesn't seem right <laughs> that's another thing so Harry would have never had to go live with the Weasleys well that's right he probably wouldn't have been good friends with he, he probably wouldn't have got anywhere near as close as Ron and if you remember, the reason he's friends with Ron and Hermione is like book one. He gets on the train with nobody else around and meets them. Yep. Yep. Well, that's that's sad. So then he wouldn't marry Jin. No, so much, probably not. The cursed child thing just wouldn't happen at all. That's no, fine. No, that just doesn't happen at all. I, I like that story. I thought it was fun. That I want the movie. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny all right is there any anything else then are we uh are we good we get to start wait hold on wait, i don't i don't on? i don't want to i don't want to just leave off from about draco being good now. <laughs> this okay this changes the this changed the game so okay, if, yeah. if, if draco if draco if harry rubs off on draco and and then uh josh the lesser pointed out that um draco is disowned i'm sorry i gotta i gotta i gotta have something it's better to help me understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, another part of that is that uh, Draco was the inside man in Hogwarts for Voldemort for a while. Like, yes, if you remember, there was that whole part where he got into the room of the requirement and let all the Death Eaters in with that stupid 
teleporting cabinet thing that he got from yeah. the dark magic shop. Man. And yeah. and we do know that Draco has the ability to do good. It is. It's in the last book that Draco has a change of heart. Huh. Yeah. But so we so we know Draco has good in him. So so this this does get to to another important question to ask while we're thinking of this. I'm gonna throw this one to Josh first, because last last big question I threw to Kino first. <laughs> is in general, when when you know people are hanging around one another, is good more contagious than bad? You know what I mean? Like like are bad influences less impactful than good influences? No. No. I I, I yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm sorry, I know you I know you said Josh no, the Greater. I, 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 I apologize, Josh the Greater. I'm just curious. Um you should get a tattoo. I think that'd be awesome. You wanna get matching tattoos? <laughs> I don't want to get one that says Josh the Lesser. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> but but <laughs> hold on, that threw me off. We can just get them numbered, so I'll be Josh number one. You can be Josh number two. I've got like three more Joshes. I came first. No, no, I was born first. (laughs) I'm going to be Josh number 42. I don't care what. I'll number you the rest of you however you want. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, What were we saying before this whole – Oh, yeah. You were going to tell us why – Good influence. Oh yeah, yeah, isn't yes. Better than bad influence. Yeah. So, so, so the thing is, you can be influenced. Period by those that are around you, anyway. Um, but it is, it is funny enough. It is what's already in you that's that you are drawn to. So let's presuppose. I'm not saying everybody's evil, but I mean you have devious things, then you're going to be more deviant and be influenced by the deviant side and so on and so forth by the good side. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's either or because it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a force that's being drawn to per se. It's, it's, it's funny enough. I think it's a person's choice. So you think in this case, maybe it just so happens because I I agree with, I agree with the idea. Do you think it just so happens that Harry Potter is more influential than Draco? Is that just, is that really what it comes down to in, in this scenario? I think it's just uh, Harry's there to help balance <laughs> out the influence Draco has from his father, well, from his parents. Like, his, his parents are very much influencing him down the, like, the Death Eater path. Okay, so maybe, maybe it's somewhere in Draco's nature, he is good, but he was nurtured by corruption, by, you know, evil parents. And if he just had something to see the good that is already within him, he would have chosen that. Awesome. Is that is that what we're saying? Yes. So yes. a lot of this, this stuff, the, you know, uh, what happens, Peter Pettigrew isn't there to do the work for Voldemort, all that comes down to this human agency for good, for evil. We talked about it earlier. I really feel like there's more to it. Like on the, on the philosophical side, like how important really is human agency? Yes, God can do all things on his own. You know, the Bible does say that whole, like, if you don't worship me, then I'll let the rocks do it. But I think that there is something significant that shows up in our stories, especially in these what ifs, all the nurture nature questions, where we have to examine human nature, I'm sorry, human agency, see its limitations, but also see why it matters. So I guess the question is both, what are the limits of our human agency? And also, why should we care about it as Christians if we know God's going to win anyway? So, so we we have influence over the people that we come in contact with. Now, the level of influence is dictated to the level of of the level of a relationship. 
that you have with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like with Josh the Great and Josh the Lesser, I can say to you all, you know, you should, you should all should be drinking nothing but spring water. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's good. But if you was in my house and you was living with me and you, and you didn't have a job, guess what? We all drinking spring water because that's my level of influence. Right. Yeah. But, but, but again, it, 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 what I'm saying is that we as individuals have the ability to bring to bring about the good or the evil into someone just by what we do. And, and so if, if we, if we recognize that we can actually help somebody and nudge them into a a better situation, then we can see that we uh, are being used by God for the fact that it is for his good that we're doing what we're doing. But again, you have to have that awareness and understanding, but, but know that you, this is what I'm saying. We can we can rub off on people because mm-hmm. of our proximity to them, and the closer that mm-hmm. we are, the more we can have, the more influence that we can have. But if we don't have a close relationship, it really doesn't matter. But the more you begin to know someone, trust me, just just as much as as a parent rubs off on the child, the child rubs off on the parent as well. Like, yeah, yeah that that works like that. So. Yeah. See, you you got something really important there too, and kind of made me think of a big red flag for for a lot of people. I don't think influence is good or evil. Let me start off by that. But I do know a lot of pastors, a lot of churches say, well, you know, the more people we have, the more we do this for them, the more we do this, the more influence we have over them. Influence isn't this power to hoard over people. That's, that's, no, that's bad. (laughs) But in general, it it is something good to be self-aware of. As you know, as Josh's friend, I do have a level of influence over or with the great Josh, the greater, right? <laughs> and Josh, the greater has a level of influence with me as friends and as co-hosts. And as the greater. Yeah. And as the greater, <laughs> uh, you know, Kino and Will are, you know, pastors on our team, right? They, ha- even though they're just co-host with us, I still, I value their opinion a little bit differently on certain subjects. If that makes sense. Just yeah, as, right. just as I will value Josh's opinion about D and D over others. And so, you, you know what I mean? So, so you have this level of influence because of who you are, what people know you to be particularly good at, or what people know you as. And then people in Kino's congregation, Kino has a different influence over them than he does us. And that's not a good or bad thing. It's something that I think it's really important that we stay aware of how much influence we do have and are cautious and um, intentional with how we use our influence. Because it's not something you can get rid of. You know, it's it's a tool, it, just something that exists for everybody. Josh, what do you think? You look like you're thinking pretty heavy. No, <laughs> no I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that was the greatest that. response. <laughs> no, influence <laughs> is very important, though. I'll give you that. And it is really something you get uh, by becoming closer with someone. As you said, you're not going to be like, walk up to some random person in the street and be like, yeah, you need to completely change your life. It's, it's not going to work. Um, but yeah. if you're, if the, if you go to your best friend and, and like come from a place, you know, don't come like angrily, but if you come from like a place of love and be like, this is something that I see in you that I, I don't think you, I think you need to not have, then you're at a point where you might be able to have a conversation. Well, and let so, me give a, oh, wait, wait, wait. So, so let me tell you this story. This, this is how influence works. I had a friend, one of my best friends tell me he hates Star Wars. I said, <sighs> how have I known you for this long? <laughs> 
and you hate Star Wars. She was like, well, I just, I just don't like it. I don't get it. I said, okay, I get it. So I sat down and I explained to him what it was about. And I said, now go watch the movies with that in mind. He watched those movies and he said, I get it now. I get it. I love Star Wars. I said, great. That's, that's influence. That's, yeah. that's, that's the power of influence where you can change someone's perspective from something that they totally hate into something they now love. Yeah. Uh, Jeff John's Green Lantern. One of my best friends, TJ, kept trying to convince me to read it. DC's always been just a little bit too much for me. I'm like, yeah, it's whatever, it's whatever. He keeps trying to get me to read it. All of a sudden, Joe mentions it on a podcast. And, yeah, you know, people should read this. And then Will mentions it. And you know, suddenly, the, you know, the influence suddenly gets me a little bit more, a little bit more. And I'm like, I'm going to read it. I thought it was okay. I didn't love it. But <laughs> I wouldn't have read it otherwise. <laughs> but that's another important part of influence. It It's not – if you get to the same kind of influence from different sources, it's not additive. It's multiplicative. It It gets mm. – yeah, just exponentially stronger the more different sources there are pushing it, and yeah. there, and I mean that, and that applies to a lot of things. You know, you can apply that to just daily life with our culture. Like a lot of things in our culture are trying to push you in one direction, where you might find something biblical that's pointing the other direction. Yeah, and with enough people, it really makes you question even crazy things, right? If if Kino told me, you know, in the Book of Mark it says Jesus picked his nose, I would, yeah, I just laugh at him. But if all of a sudden Will tells me. And then 50 other pastors say the same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, okay, that's still kind of crazy. A hundred other pastors say the same thing. I'm reading the book of Mark again, man. I'm, I'm reading it a couple different languages. I have to be missing something. <laughs> like they done made me question my sanity at that point. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that, that's how influence works. And then even on an individual level, I want, I want to tell a couple of stories of how influence can be used good and bad. Uh, for those who have listened to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, it talks about Mark Driscoll, right? And he does this thing where he brings people on, he hires them into his church, and he hoards his influence over them and kind of decides how they need to live their life, how they need to do these things, and almost becomes like a god to people. That's just – he used his influence in a very cruel way. He tore people down. Jesus, on the other hand, uh, he's Jesus. He had the most influence. Stopped and washed people's feet. In that act of humility – changed the world so these acts of influence and how you use it whether to hoard over people or to uplift people make all the difference and the key to that difference is and i was looking for this is the power of the holy spirit that's within us mm. because that that spirit has influence as well that it doesn't just compels us to shout cry or whatever it also it also sways us to be quiet to apologize, to, as Jesus said, to remind us and to teach us of some things. And so that's, that's, that's the influence. And because of that influence, that, that type of influence that we as believers have, that causes us to then become agents for God. Yeah. So summarizing this, see if I'm on point here. Don't be scared of influence. It is just a tool. Use your influence to lift people up, not tear them down. Be aware of the Holy Spirit's influence on you and use that to influence others. And, you know, maybe even who you surround yourself with matters, you know, I'm not saying don't hang out with the non-Christians, that kind of thing, but really think about that. If enough people told you Jesus picked his nose and Mark, you're rereading that book, man. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think it shows you something important that you need, you need to have Christian fellowship. You need to have a lot of uh, strong believers lifting you up. But at the same time, 
you do need to have uh, you need to be an influence on others so and ideally with and ideally one of many um if you if you actually want yeah. change to happen yeah yeah so you need to be aware of the holy spiritual and all of it how you're being influenced and how you're influencing others and who who you're influencing and who you're being influenced by you know any any final words and all that i if if i did i i, I i'm a no because you're going to take us to an altar call. Or I right? would. I would. I'm not trying to go there. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, in I that have case, a final I guess we'll just wrap it up. I have a final Short word on the Harry Potter aspect. If we're ready for that. Oh, please. Yes. Yes. If Sirius Black had never gone to Azkaban, Dobby wouldn't have died. All right. Let's move on. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So you all know how, um, Y'all know how I am the Josh with the bad opinions. <laughs> this is less an opinion and more just a really humorous fact. The first thing I ever seen of any Harry Potter ever, because I wasn't allowed to watch it or read it growing up. Uh, one of my college roommates was watching the end of one of the movies where Dobby died. You just watched the and Dobby me death me, scene. All I saw was this <laughs> creepy looking elf thing die, oh and I busted out laughing. I was laughing, laughing. <laughs> what is happening? This oh looks so gosh. stupid. Oh my gosh. No. It looks so dumb. I just had no idea what was going on. Oh, oh my gosh. I know your roommate was pissed at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. All his friends, they were all like, get out of here. <laughs> all right. Sorry, your little elf guy died. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what was going on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, with, that, <laughs> with that, Dobby lives, and our podcast has come to an end. We're wrapping this thing up, and as always, we're going to wrap it up with some recommendations. Kino, what you got for us? I don't have anything. Uh, funny enough, I don't have no recommendations because every time I drop recommendations, it'd be something totally left. I have nothing. Okay, I have nothing. <laughs> I I have nothing. That so so enjoy your holidays. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Josh, you got, you got any recommendations for him? Or? Yes, and I also just want to say, just this once, everybody lives. That's that's basically the outcome of this. <laughs> for you Doctor Who fans. Uh, yeah, uh, so my true. recommendation um, is actually the thing I was going to say I was geeking out on when Josh asked me about it, and then I completely blanked on it and switched, because I, I had planned out my recommendation and my geeking out on thing for the for today's episode, and then... Josh turned to me first and was like, what do you like? And I'm like, I don't remember anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Crazy so I switched it, but I, but I remembered it. So the thing that I, last night, I watched the movie Clash of the Titans. And that is uh, my, my recommendation. Good movie. Very, Good movie. very fun. If you love Greek mythology. Um, I, and I did, I did see that there's, there's at least a second one from the 80s. I had watched the 2010 version. No, there wasn't an 80s one. But it's, it's a good time. Yeah, well, I am, um, I'm going to recommend the thing that I said earlier I was geeking out on and just uh, if if you like podcasts, which you're listening, so you probably do, and you like audiobooks, which you probably do, check out Marvel's Wastelanders. It's so cool. Just this dystopia of Marvel villains taking over the world and how the remaining survivor elder version of our legacy heroes find a way to prevail. The uh, the current arc, I, I don't know if it's wrapped up yet. I don't think it has. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic's Child fully grown now mind you it's like the main character and it is just wild she is so cool and dr doom is still so cool of course yeah. Wait, what kind of powers does she have basically she can't die oh okay cool <laughs> yeah yeah 
What's funny is like I like I haven't kept up with the comp Fantastic Four comics enough to know why. I'm just jumping into this story going, cool, that's a thing. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you want to hear more from us and see if I ever figured out what's going on with the Fantastic's Child, uh, go to systematicology.org, hit the host tab. All of our names are there. You can click it, see the other episodes we're on, and be like, oh, hmm. he still doesn't know what happened to the Fantastic game. <laughs> <laughs> And with that being said, you can also let us know what you're geeking out on, what you'd like us to talk about in future episodes. And uh, do us a favor and remember that we are all the chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.